0: Welcome to the Art of Money Podcast with Art McPherson. And this is the Art of Money Podcast with Art McPherson and Luke McCarty, ArtofMoneyRadio.com. For more information on the McPherson Financial Group or to schedule that initial complimentary consultation. We appreciate you listening. Now let's get to the show. Art Luke, let's get to it because the world's still talking about the bank collapses over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, the failure of some smaller regional banks have sent the financial world reeling. I want you to hear this clip from Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary, who said. Says, We're giving banks too much of a backstop.
1: This is going to be a political nightmare because you're going to have people saying, oh, we've got to keep all these small operators operating. But the big issue is if you nationalize the deposits and take the risk out of it. So if I'm an idiot manager in a regional bank and I'm compensated with stock, I'm going to put all of my depositors money on black and Las right. Vegas. No, that's that's right. what I'm going to do. I'm going to either double it. And if it goes to zero, no problem for me. I don't have to worry about it because you're going to bail me out. The taxpayer is going to bail me out. This is very messed up. It's it's not a good situation. And I think Yellen's going to have a lot right. of trouble explaining this to taxpayers
0: eventually. OK, I honed in on that. Yellen's going to have a lot of trouble explaining this to taxpayers. What does he mean by that?
2: Well, basically what you're doing is you are telling the banking system right now by the way they've handled the SVB and the Credit Suisse situation that whether or not. You have done a good job as a bank manager. We are going to bail you out. There is going to be a backstop by the Federal Reserve and the government to make sure your deposits are good. Because if you look at the SVB bank situation, and I don't think we're done with that. But if you look at that, 97% of the depositors, which were about 3,000 people, had well over... The $250,000 limit per con you know per account right mm-hmm. so FDIC is only supposed to guarantee that 250 thousand dollars they're not supposed to guarantee a million dollars or two hundred million dollars or a hundred million dollars because those people have that kind of wealth because they can afford it but it's not guaranteed by the government backup they're they're making sure that all of the money in there is backup up and protected so what you're now doing is you're backstopping more than the federal guarantee, and you're telling them, go ahead and take above normal risk with the money and with the deposits because we're going to back you up no matter what that is not a good recipe um for having stability that is a recipe to have bad managers do even more aggressive techniques
3: and more aggressive moves because like he said mr wonderful they're not going to be penalized for it yeah it's a slippery slope anytime there's a bailout or you know the government stepping in because you're just adding more regulations to the banking industry I understand the Fed need to come in and do something because you don't want the banks to spiral you don't want to have a bank run but you know are we heading toward a national bank right the more of these small regional banks that go down for whatever reason we can come up with any reason we want to for these banks that go down well they're covered and a lot of money right now is heading into the big four big five banks Mm -hmm. so we're kind of getting close to a government regulated bank at least on the back end and the problem that the Fed is having now is that they are increasing their balance sheet again. They're spending a bunch of money. They spent $300 billion last week. And so, you know, before the panic of 2008, the Fed had about $875 billion on their balance sheet. Last week, $8.6 trillion. So when we think of these banks going under, think of all the reserves they have in the banking system. It's about $3 trillion. The Fed's paying them about 5% to hold those assets so banks should be doing extremely well making about 150 billion dollars a year in free interest just to hold the money that was given to them from 2008 mm. so to see one fail is a i mean horrible mismanagement from the bond side and not hedging the risk of you know rising interest rates even though the fed told us wrong you still should have hedged your bet a little bit when you see rates rising
0: Art McPherson, do you think we've seen the last of it? or I know you don't have a crystal ball, or is this just the beginning and throughout the summer we're going to see more of these regional banks start to fall?
2: No, I think you're going to see more of it because right now there's no incentive uh, for someone not to, you know, right? So if you're a manager and you go out there and start taking more risk, if you bet wrong and all of a sudden you're, you're going to have some negative returns and you can be like, oh, well, yeah, we're, we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're going to get that out, bailed out by the Fed. So I think you're going to see more aggressive actions made by some of these managers. So I think we're going to have
3: more problems, not less. And that's, you're basically rewarding bad behavior. Mm. Yeah, I forget the number, but back in 2008 and 2009, there was a, about 400 bank failures. Most of them we didn't hear about because they were smaller banks. But if we're heading that direction, yeah, there's definitely going to be more, unfortunately.
0: Okay. 321-425-8550 to reach out to R. McPherson, Luke McCarty, and the team at the McPherson Financial Group. Also online, artofmoneyradio.com. Luke McCarty, if somebody gives you a call and they simply ask, Luke, is my money safe right now? How do you respond?
3: Depends where it's at and what you're invested in. But here with our clients, right, it's as safe as we can be while still being in the stock market. You know, we have some tools and some accounts that have the insurance side to them, have the safety, have the guarantees, but you can't have all your eggs in those baskets either. You know, Looking at a market perspective, right? if the Fed does start cutting rates, now would be a good time to start owning fixed income in bonds again, which bonds got crushed last year. They lost money in 2021. They're kind of flat for this year, but if the Fed does reduce rates, um, we don't know if they will or how soon they will. You know, That's a good time to buy fixed income. But there's still risk and in fixed income of the company going under a risk of default. So there's there's going to be risk in a lot of things you do unless you purposely seek out something that is risk-free. Mm-hmm.
0: R. McPherson, you know, there's a lot of people that have said over the past, I mean, year and a half, that have a financial advisor, and they say, I have a financial advisor, but I felt like they haven't contacted me. I haven't heard from them. My needs aren't being met. Just out of curiosity, over the past week and a half, two weeks, with these bank collapses, How often have you reached out to the clients? Are you putting videos out on YouTube? Are you sending out email blasts? What are you doing to offer a little bit of security to the families that you serve?
2: Yeah, we're going to be putting together an email here soon this week um, just because of what's been going on and our take on it, where we think there's above average risk, where we think there's good risk. Um, You know, one of the things we do from a financial planning standpoint is, you know, a lot of these short term fluctuations of the stock market are based on different avenues or different things that create the environment. But it's still a negative cycle. It's still a cycle that we're going through. But we know in the future, you know, we're going to have good cycles and we'll rally back and the market does what the market always does. But at the time it, that it's real, which is today, we address those issues. So how do we invest in today's world? How do we place our clients' money um, in secure assets and in safe type assets where they're not just getting crushed by all the volatility, crushed by all the noise, and and that we're doing a good job for them and their portfolios?
0: 321-425-8550. Again, 321-425-8550 or online at artofmoneyradio.com. And com the administration, President Joe Biden released, his proposed a federal budget for 2024. Its tax proposals clearly taking aim and Americans making more than 400000 a year. Our paychecks may not be affected by this. We may not be making a million dollars or more a year. But it's another reminder, Art McPherson and Luke McCarty, the importance of a tax strategy because... Uncle Sam is coming, regardless of how much we make.
3: Yeah, and this is, it's not surprising because Biden ran his campaign on raising taxes and still got enough votes to win. But every time he gets a chance to talk about raising taxes, he does. Every time he gets a chance to talk about taking things away, like the Roth conversion, he does. He may be the first president I've heard to talk about getting rid of the Roth conversion. He's the first president in a while to talk about raising taxes, but This budget is astronomical. What is $1.7 trillion or something crazy budget? And it talks about, you know, raising taxes, you know, for those making more money, but it also talks about the capital gains tax. If you raise the capital gains tax, right, the Warren Buffett bucket, if you raise Warren Buffett's capital gains above 20% to 39%, what do you think Warren's going to do this year? He's going to sell and capture 20%. So this could be a drastic big shift or big change from a stock market perspective if if this new budget passes for 2024 there's a lot of tax planning you need to do today to avoid these tax increases even though it probably won't pass we know the ideas and what you know they are trying to do and you know they're going to come out bigger and then maybe scale it down a bit and come up with some agreement to raise some sort of tax It always frustrates
2: me when the government comes out with their plans, because typically there's a big difference between an economist and a (laughs) politician. And what sounds good from a political standpoint does not make any sense from an economic standpoint. So as an example... Politically, you know, Biden had all of his executive orders he signed the first week of office, you know, reversing a lot of the things that Trump had done for the four or five years uh, prior. Trump was, you know, did a lot of things, make America great again, is how Trump called it, uh, manufacture back in the US and, you know, kind of bring the money flow. But the bottom line is he inherited an economy that was grown at five and a half percent GDP. Well, when the economy is grown at five and a half percent GDP, you have a lot of tax revenue coming in the door. So even though Trump had lowered, quote, the tax brackets and lowered a lot of the taxes federally, um, it did spur economic growth. So we had a lot of economic growth and the overall tax revenue coming into the U.S. Treasury had grown dramatically. Well, if you compare that now with some of the policies Biden has put into place for the last couple of years, we now have an economy that's grown at a half a percent last year. So we went from five and a half percent the year prior to a half a percent. And now the expectation is another half a percent year this year. So when you put all that together and you only have a GDP of a half a percent, I don't care if you raise taxes 15, 20 percent, you have a lot of less revenue coming in the door now because the economy is dramatically slowed it's still less revenue coming in the door. So you could raise it 10%, 20%, 30%. You're still getting less revenue. So a lot of times these tax proposals that they're going to say, oh, we're going to have all this extra tax, it doesn't usually translate well from an economic standpoint.
0: 321-425-8550 to reach out to our McPherson, Luke McCarty, and the team at the McPherson Financial Group to take a look at your tax strategy. It's something that a lot of retirees, they recognize it, but maybe they don't realize it until it gets put in front of them we will continue to pay taxes. They're not going down just
3: because we're not working. Correct. You're still paying taxes, you're still paying sales tax, you're still paying property tax, you're still paying federal income tax, you know, maybe you're paying state tax if you live in a different state than Florida, but we're all still paying taxes and you know, the big thing just to add to, you know, arts arts explanation a minute ago is we either have to raise taxes or reduce government spending. The government is growing a lot faster than GDP especially now. But even during the times when things were better, the government's still growing too fast and spending too much money. And something needs to change because I hate to go to the debtclock.org right now, but we're probably creeping on 32 trillion of debt. That is massive.
2: Well, remember when we had the whole subprime mortgage meltdown, Mark? Yep. And remember when the economy slowed and was barely growing, kind of like we are right now? Mm -hmm. Well, last year's growth of the economy was a half a percent. But did you know how much the federal government grew last year? I don't know if I want to know. I want to know baseline 8% Ooh. so the baseline growth of the government was 8% why did it grow at 8% if the economy is growing at a half a percent and they do that every year so when we went through 08, 09, 10 11 and 12 and we had that uh, the whole subprime mortgage meltdown and we had a dramatic you know decrease in property values and and across the board and we had a very slow grow economy where everything was stuck in the mud for a four or five year period of time the government was still growing at 8% per year so the federal budget was growing at eight percent per year and there's no reason for that so we have no check system or no restriction on the growth of the federal government even though the economy you know, will grow and then contract and grow and contract. We don't have any of the same thing with the federal government. So the government either needs to be tied with a CPI or something where their spending is much more like real dollars coming into them because they have just a, you know, blank check and now we're blank checking all the banks and it's just Mm -hmm. crazy. It's just, you cannot do that. And you, you know, everything that if we did in our business here and would go to jail for the federal government can do, that should not be allowed. Luke.
0: I made the mistake. I went to org. <laughs> What's the number? $31.6 trillion. Thirty one point six $31.6 trillion. up per taxpayer, $246,868.
2: Yeah, see, that's money you owe that they spent. <sighs> some of that right. went to Ukraine for Ukraine's border. But Thanks. we weren't allowed to put enough to President Trump for our border. So some of the policies that get out there, you know, I don't always agree with them, but sometimes when we start spending our money that we owe debt for, and you or I don't really get to make a decision in that, and our representatives are no longer really listening to we the people, that's Mm -hmm. frustrating.
0: Thanks for listening. Want more from Art McPherson of McPherson Financial Group? Find us online at artofmoneyradio.com.